Hey everyone, welcome to the Envision Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and I'm the CEO of Envision Nutrition. I'm here to take you from imagining your future possibilities to turning them into actual realities. I've taken everything I've learned over the course of five years of bodybuilding and have combined it with my 15 years of experience at being a busy working mom to create the best nutrition and fitness strategies. Now I'm bringing all that I've learned over you through Envision Nutrition and giving you pieces of it through this very podcast. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning. Be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. Today's episode is a Father's Day edition, and I'm grateful to have gotten the opportunity to interview the chief himself, my dad, the chief of police of Grand Island, Nebraska Police Department, Robert Faldorf. I want to welcome my dad to the show. Hey guys, I am here for our Father's Day edition of the Envision podcast, and guess what? I am here with my dad. Great to be here. (laughs) This is new, although you have done a lot of interviews. Yeah, through the years with my job uh, and then being a public information officer for yeah. the, the police department for quite some time, I've done uh, quite a few uh, news story interviews over the years. Yeah, past. so for my um, like national listeners, I my dad is in law enforcement and has been for, I you just tell me how many years. 35 years. 35 years. So I remember my dad starting out working at night's I remember you like stocked shelves at Walmart, right? That's correct. Yeah. And then he'd come home and pretty sure he'd get us ready for school and then you'd go to sleep. That's correct. And then, um, yeah, fast forward, you are now chief of police for our town. Yep. So I uh, kind of progressed through the police department here in Grand Island and, uh, you know, obviously was an officer to start out, sergeant. And captain for many years, and now chief of police. Is there some kind of rite of passage that officers have to work nights before they can graduate up? Well, typically, our, our new hires, that's where you're going to start. Uh, if you have seniority on our department, typically you're then going to go to days. But to, to start out a new officer, you're going to end up on nights. And uh, that's typically where a lot of the action is at. So yeah. the, the new younger officers, uh, I think, like that shift uh, sure. because of the, the action that takes place on the night shift. So I can't remember how old I was, and I don't even know if they allow this to happen anymore, but I had to do like an interview of some school project. And I remember I went with you for a couple of hours at night, and we're totally rabbit-holing here, but we'll get into the health and fitness portion of this. But I went with you over like a couple hours on your night shift, and I think we arrested someone. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember that? Yeah, we do have <laughs> a, a ride-along program in our department, so uh, it's great to have a, a family member ride along. Uh, my wife has ridden along, oh, probably eight to ten times, and it seems like every time she would ride along on the night shift, it would be just a crazy night. And <laughs> We would have, uh, you know, eight to ten arrests uh, while she's <laughs> You literally driving. have the guy in the back of the cop car <laughs> with, with mom sitting in the front. <laughs> yeah, and obviously uh, the people you deal with on the night shift, uh, there's generally a level of uh, intoxication. So uh-huh. it can get, uh, you know, pretty exciting. And uh, uh, a lot of fights uh, we had to break up uh, because of that. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of crazy stories about stuff that happens on the night shift with these 
individuals. Yeah, the, the common sense kind of goes away when the alcohol level increases. So uh-huh. That's some of the issues you, you deal with uh, throughout the night, uh, working the night shift. So this kind of leads right into our um, topic because I think it's really important to talk about just health and fitness. And I know that there's obviously a lot of law enforcement out there and that, um, you know, we were talking about this before I pressed the record button, but there's a lot of, um, you know, staying on top of your mental health and your physical health and your nutrition. And and I want to get into that a little bit because it's like, I talk to busy working parents of just staying healthy and fit, but a, you're, you're talking about night shift working. So your circadian rhythm is just completely off. And then B, you're talking about the emotional impact of working with individuals that are constantly intoxicated or, or whatever. What are some things that they train for um, in, in regards to mental health and physical health and all of that? You know, I think you got to really put it in perspective working the night shift. And it's pretty much a, a given or understanding, especially when you have a family, that you're going to work and uh, work long hours and sleep a lot less. So uh, our typical officer might get uh, five to six hours of sleep uh, when they need to have eight hours of sleep. And yeah. When they're juggling, you know, a family uh, at home and the job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we try to make sure that uh, not only are our officers uh, uh in good physical fitness, but emotionally fit as well. Yeah. So I think it's more important to think about their emotional well-being uh, than it is their physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, both play an important part in the job. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in law enforcement, and these are statistics that are out there, uh, there's a lot of officers that unfortunately commit suicide. Wow. In fact, there's uh, more officers that commit suicide than die in the line of duty. So wow. It's unfortunate, but... Uh, I don't know that that's really ever even been talked about because I've never even heard that that was an issue. Um, it's, it's just not something that's that's brought up. Yeah, within within the law enforcement field, it's something that's you know discussed more and more today than any other time because... Obviously, well-being of, of the police force is very important, like I said, even more important than mm-hmm. the physical fitness. Well, and I think that, I mean, you have people's lives at stake if there's, you know, a domestic situation that, that an officer is heading into or an emergency situation that an officer is heading into. If they're not clear-headed and tired and groggy or whatever, that could definitely make a difference of, of a life. Yeah, so we, like I said, we need to make sure that our officers are well-rested and are in a good emotional place to, mm-hmm. to be working the street even because mm-hmm. they do deal, obviously, with uh, dangerous situations. They're making life and life and death situation mm-hmm. uh, decisions, and uh, we need to make sure that they're, they're really functioning on a clear level when they're out on the street. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to me because I actually work with a couple of um, nurses that work overnight. And so it's been a, a kind of an interesting challenge to go from working with individuals that are, you know, on a normal, what, eight to five kind of shift, then to working with individuals that sleep maybe um, at night, maybe four days in a row, and then they're going and doing normal daytime type of stuff when they're not working. So they'll be on four days off five or whatever that looks like. And from a nutrition standpoint, like you're not going to want to have the normal lunch, dinner, breakfast, snacks, and things like that. So then your, your nutrition quality, I would imagine is also a factor there too. Yeah. Your, your biological clock 
<clears throat> definitely gets messed up when you work the night shift. And mm -hmm. just for an example, you know, I would work uh, five days on the night shift and I'd have my two days off. And I would try to, you know, stay up during the day then. To be with uh, family. To be with family. Yep. And then, uh, you know, you're sometimes staying up for 36 hours straight mm -hmm. uh, when you're taking your days off to try to spend time with family. And then, obviously, when you try to go back to work, then you need to be a little bit rested. Yeah. Obviously, going back to work. So, uh, it's it's challenging sometimes when you work the night shift and mm -hmm. uh, deal with those issues. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So just real quick, I think uh, like emotional health is really important to talk about in any kind of um, setting too, but what are some of the resources that you um, suggest to the, you know, because you're obviously chief of police now, so you have to recommend recommend some kind of resources. And this is a national podcast, so a lot of other um, people around the nation listen to this. So what are some resources that you've been able to bring to your officers that have helped maybe even emotionally to you as well. Yeah, so every new officer that we have started with our department, uh, we provide them with a book that's called Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement Officers. And it was written by Dr. Gil Martin. And he uh, he's a psychologist, uh, mm -hmm. has his PhD. However, he also spent, I think, 20 plus years in law enforcement. Yeah. So he knows the law enforcement perspective side of it mm -hmm. and the emotional survival part of it as well. Yeah. And I think that's amazing because I, I think that's what makes me a, a good nutrition coach is, is that I was a busy working mom for 15 years before teaching people how to apply these strategies into their lives. You have a lot of these trainers that come out of college or these nutrition, um, you know, people that get nutrition degrees that come out of college and whatnot. And you have 25, 26 year old trainers trying to teach a 40 year old woman with three kids how to, you know, prep for her week and keep track of everything. And, and that's just, you're talking apples and oranges there. So I think it's, it's great that somebody like that has lived, lived the life before trying to teach it. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, having having a busy career and then you talk about uh, mm -hmm. busy with family. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes uh, the, the perspective of uh, eating properly sometimes gets pushed aside. And yeah. I think that's just as important, like, uh, you know, physically being fit, uh, making sure you're, you're eating properly. And uh, it can have a heavy toll on your body, especially if you're working odd shifts and uh, not sleeping as much as you should. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to make sure that you're eating properly uh, to counterbalance over all of that. Mm -hmm. I am cracking up. I'm going to try to give you the surrounding of our situation. So it is like the Sunday afternoon. It's hot out. It's it's lake party day outside. And so we've got kids outside swimming. People are, my sister's trying to get up, uh, get ready to leave. So we literally have people coming in and out. I'm like pausing this thing every two minutes, but you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. We have some uh, bulldogs that uh, went for the swim uh, for the first time. The bullies. So. Well, here's the thing is we have Rosie, the lab, which you guys have seen on social media and she, we cannot keep her out of the water. Well, then got a lab right who loves water who's built to swim and then you've got these two hunky bulldogs that are not built for water <laughs> that want to be in the water because rosie's in the water yeah so they they learn how to swim real fast <sighs> yeah so all right so we were talking about nutrition and um 
Obviously, this podcast is geared specifically towards law enforcement because that is what my dad has done for 34 years. But um, I want to talk about how um, you have implemented different, because I think even since I've kind of jumped into this new career journey, you guys have changed like your eating styles and just, I think, been more aware. What are some new things that you guys have started to implement? Yeah, so I think... uh... Today, and this is having a supportive life and a supportive family as well, uh, I probably exercise more uh, mm-hmm. today than I ever have. And mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, just being in the career that I'm in and uh, the family that I'm in where nutrition, you know, is, uh, is high on the priority list, uh, you know, we, we do a little more or we're concerned a little more about uh, our eating and making sure we're staying in good shape because obviously you think about, uh, I think about a a retirement uh, coming up soon and want to make sure that I have a lengthy retirement, Mm -hmm. obviously. Well, it's like you want to enjoy the years where you're still able-bodied and not spending it working. Exactly. So we, uh, my wife and I, we make sure that we try to get some exercise in uh, pretty much every day and uh, do a little jogging every other day, and then obviously the boys like to go walking every now and then. So we, I love that you call them boys. Go for walks and uh, and uh, you know eating right and nutrition. Is a- so I just want to back up. We took another little break here because family is continuing to come in and out, which is totally fine. We're rolling with it, but we were just talking about how. Um, you know, a lot of people will try to restrict, 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 and then find themselves binging. Like, for example, I'm not going to name names because I will get in huge trouble, but he did not want to eat um, tacos with us the other night and did not want to eat, you know, whatever else we were having that was maybe not on the healthier side. And now just got a bag of Doritos and wants a whole bunch of them. And that's not, you know, one thing that we try to teach is moderation. And if you would have a little bit of something, instead of saying completely no to it, you're done thinking about it. You've completely moved on from it. And so having little things in moderation allows you to check it off the list and move mentally move on from things versus always saying no, you're then going to just like pig out. Yeah, I think that's something important that we have learned from you over the, you know, over the past, uh, you know, the importance of maybe eating five or six healthier meals mm-hmm. a day in smaller portions yeah. instead of uh, maybe eating one meal a day or two meals a day and uh, gorging yourself mm-hmm. with some unhealthy things. Well, and then going right to bed. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, because a lot of people do that. They, they're they busy during the day. And why is that? Because they didn't have time to prep lunches ahead of time. And so then they were just too busy. So they just either chose to get fast food or, or not eat. So then by the time you get home from a long, busy day, the last thing you want to do is cook a big, elaborate meal. So then you're going to opt for things that maybe aren't on the healthy side and they're going to be quicker. That's why fast food has gotten to be such a big deal nowadays. Um, but that brings me back to like when we were kids, you worked nights and you, you know, also worked part time on top of that. But yet I don't remember us ever going out to eat or ever getting fast food. No, we didn't very often. And I think, uh, it's just being that busy with the job and the second job and, uh, we really just 
you know, we, we cooked a lot of meals at home, and I, I think we ate fairly healthy as well as we could. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, was, I think even if you're eating at home versus fast food, it's just by default going to be healthier. Definitely. And, uh, you know, your, your schedules might be uh, erratic, especially when you have kids that are also involved in things. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's still important that you got to have those, uh, you know, healthy meals and healthy lifestyle uh, in between your busy schedules. Well, and I know, like, and I'm, I'm trying to compare, like, when I was a kid in that generation to where money was tight versus, I don't know why it seems so different, but I feel like we didn't eat out a lot because, I mean, there were a lot of kids and, you know, just you didn't have the funds for it. But I don't understand why now it just seems like such a common thing that people just spend the money on that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the way things go today. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people do eat out, uh, you know, four or five times a week even. Oh, yeah. And that's just kind of a given. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you really have to try to get back to uh, a healthier lifestyle. And it's yeah. not, obviously not good for you to eat out that much. Right. What what you get at fast food restaurants uh, really is not healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find some healthy things, but typically... Uh, you go to a fast food restaurant, you're going to eat the greasy fries and the hamburger that might have 40 grams of fat. Mm-hmm. Is not the, the greatest for you health-wise. Right, right. Well, and I remember on family vacations, we brought coolers of food. We packed sandwiches. Like, you've even gotten very clever. I remember it. So my dad cracks me up. He did this, like, take a loaf of bread. Just picture a loaf of bread in the plastic and make... Like a sandwich, like a ham and cheese sandwich or whatever, and out of the whole loaf of bread, and then you put the whole loaf of bread in there, all sandwiches. Does that make sense how I'm describing yeah, this? Do you that's remember exactly, this? That's <laughs> exactly uh, the way you've got to do it. I mean, and it's like <laughs> genius. <laughs> if you're taking that many kids on vacation, I mean, you got to conserve space. So oh my gosh. So it. I think I got part of my food prep skills from my dad. <laughs> But I remember also we would have brats, but we only bought one package. And so you would cut them in half the long way. <laughs> we they, would have no, they fit on the bunny too that way. <laughs> they do, but it's funny because now I still cut my brat in half and that's how I eat it. <laughs> so it's funny though, because, you know, again, we would go on family vacations and we still wouldn't eat out. But to be fair, we did. I remember, was it Yellowstone that we went to? Where we, 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 we did try to go, we to, tried to go the uh, one time we tried to go eat out, and we tried to we tried to get uh, I, I believe they were buffalo burgers, and uh, so we went and ordered the buffalo burgers. What and was this? We waited. What was this? We could name drop. It's probably not even uh, around anymore. The corral. The corral. The <laughs> so there was. Uh, I think the owners were gone, and their kids were running the show for that night, and we. Waited, waited, waited for our buffalo burgers, and I like think, three hours or something. Yeah, I think insane. three hours later, we decided to go to the local Seven Eleven. We went to the gas station and heat up burritos. I think. We had the, Gross. We had the burritos in the microwave. Burritos, <laughs> whatever. So to be real, that was like our one experience of finally trying to eat out at a restaurant. It was horrible. Well, that's so, why we, we that's, get back why to we grill uh, and make, why. making your own food <laughs> and you know what you're eating then. You know what you're putting in your body then. You definitely do. So, yeah, I, I have a long history of food preparation skills, but 
So I want to talk a little bit about your experience with running and how you were able to make time. So if you guys listen to the Moms and Margaritas podcast, I have a little brother that is 14 years younger than I am. And so my poor parents have been raising kids forever. And you guys, what was Jay, like a junior or senior in high school or something when you guys started to your running journey? Yeah, we did. We made the decision that uh, my wife and I, we, we both hit the age of 50 uh, pretty close in proximity, just six months apart. Mm-hmm. So we decided, you know, we hit the age of 50, we're going to run a marathon. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, running a marathon, that's a, that's a 16 to 17 week schedule. And uh, you, you really can't take off a whole lot of days. I no. Mean, you, you've got to put the work in if you want to really be successful and or not uh, completely be injured when you're done exactly so uh you know there's we had we had to juggle some things around i mean we we had to make sure that we got in your runs and uh, uh with the kids too you know kids are busy they have a lot of places they have to go so mm-hmm. you really had to, to uh, plan the workouts uh, around the busy family and the jobs mm-hmm. well and i think that's extreme i don't think people necessarily have to go and run a marathon, right? But I think people can find little windows of opportunity to make little steps towards their fitness. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, getting in our minds that we could run a marathon, that was good, but it, it doesn't take having to run a marathon. I mean, as long as you get out and get, uh, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of exercise uh, four or five times a week, and that's pretty much where we're at now. And mm-hmm. we're not uh, we're not planning on running any marathons anytime soon, but we do want to stay healthy and, and make sure we still get our runs in. So what are some of the things that um, you did to, I guess, gear towards that training and fitting in? Like, when did you do it? Because I was off on my own at that point. When did you, like, fit that kind? Because how many miles per week is marathon training? Well, you know, you, you start out fairly short mm-hmm. in your mileage and but there was uh, a couple times where we'd have to do 20 mile runs right and that's that's part of it and you know that that takes a good part of your weekend uh, mm-hmm. when you run that that mileage for two days uh, two different days so mm-hmm. you might run 20 one day and next day is a little less maybe six the next day but. so yeah it was it was challenging to, to try to fit the mileage in and you know still uh, consider both of us were working at the time and uh, just just trying to find the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we do our lo- longer runs on the weekends, which worked out much better. So aside from just the, the mileage and the time that it took for training for a marathon, what did you have to change differently about your diet during that time? Well, I think it was obviously very important to uh, have great nutrition during that time frame. And another thing is hydration and Mm-hmm. You know, running a, a 20 mile run that takes a lot out of you, and uh, you know, it really, really depletes the the uh, water you have built up in your body. So, yeah. uh, nutrition was very important, along with uh, you know, keeping hydrated. Yeah. What are some of the? Because one of the things that a lot of people that I work with that work all day long struggle with is getting their water intake. So I want to hear from you. And then I'll give little some little things that I usually try to tell them to do. Yeah, so I, I think it's important that if you know you're going to do a long run, and I and I coach uh, track mm-hmm. and I yeah coach cross country as well, and so I, I tell my runners this as well that 
you've got to start hydrating a couple days before a big race. And yeah, I can't believe I even forgot to bring this up. So, yeah, he's a cross-country coach, which totally fits because you know quite a bit about running. But, yeah, I suppose as student athletes, that's a challenge. So it's not what you do the day of the race that matters, right? That's right, because I, you know, I coach middle school, so obviously they're not thinking about hydration. They're not thinking about eating properly. They're thinking about, sweet, I get to get out of school early on exactly. Thursday. So that's some of the things I try to stress to them. So these are middle schoolers, so they're not, yeah. they're not thinking about uh, nutrition and hydration, and that's some of the things you try to stress to them, because when they, if they go on to uh, athletics in high school, you know, it be, becomes a little more challenging and mm-hmm. uh, they need to start thinking about nutrition and making sure, uh, you know, their bodies are prepared uh, for the physical exertion they're going to have to Well, I don't think it's until a, even the collegiate level that nutrition is a factor or even brought in as an importance because I work with a lot of high school student athletes that, I mean, they just eat whatever and their parents certainly aren't, um, I guess, in the know of the best protocols for them. So I think it's important for kids to start learning this stuff themselves too. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, if they don't, if they don't have parents that are fully involved in their nutrition or hydration, I think it's important for a coach to mm-hmm. explain those aspects to them, how important it is because, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're really going to fail, uh, at what they do if they're not to uh, have proper nutrition or hydration. Well, and I think it's great that, you know, you are telling them from a coach's perspective, but there are a lot of parents that, that listen to this podcast and parents definitely need to be, I think, equally involved in their, their kids' um, hydration protocols and nutrition strategies too. Yeah, that's, that's just as important. And uh, we, we have a parent meeting, obviously, at the beginning of the year, and we, mm-hmm. we talk about the importance of nutrition and mm-hmm. The importance of hydration with the kids, yeah. and uh, because we can't be around twenty four seven, and that's just something that they they have to instill in their kids' lives as well. So you are obviously have always been a very disciplined individual to be able to have a bunch of kids, have a good marriage, have a career to where you've worked your way up, literally to the top. What are, where did those disciplines come from? I mean, I know you were a student athlete, but where, I mean, have they just been built over time? Have you just always been that way? Well, I think, uh, you know, discipline obviously comes with the job that I'm in, law Mm -hmm. enforcement, and uh, you have to be very disciplined to do the job. But I think it's critical that you have to stay disciplined uh, uh, during your off-duty time as well. Yeah. And I found it very important to me that, uh, you know, I just, I didn't want to be, they call it the hypervigilance roller coaster. I didn't want to be on just the high of working the day mm-hmm. and busy, 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 and then come home and just be in the couch potato, which happens sometimes. A lot, and, yeah. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I had a well-rounded life and busy with family. And I found uh, coaching very rewarding as well mm-hmm. and working with kids, trying to develop kids mm-hmm. and, uh, I think that's uh, just part of the discipline that uh, goes along with my job and then uh, juggling a career as well. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's something too, like I, I don't think it's too late if you are somebody that goes to work all day and then comes home to the couch and the beer or whatever. I don't think it's too late. I think that you can start implementing some strategies, like instead of coming home and going to the couch, go for a walk or a run. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just... Uh, 
part of juggling your time. And it's, it's very important, very critical that, you know, if you have family to spend time with, you spend time with the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's there's times that you have to have to yourself as well mm-hmm. just to, to self-reflect on some things. Okay, so I know, like, you and Mom did the marathon running together, which I think is super cool. Um, and I know that was sparked i know when i did the podcast with with mom and you can if you haven't listened to that one yet you should it's mom moms and margaritas we did that one for mother's day and so i wanted to have dad on here for father's day she talked about how you know when my brother keith passed away she struggled to um really find an outlet in a healthy way for that i know a lot of people resort to maybe things that are not quite so healthy but um you guys did a lot of that running together would you say that was kind of where yours was sparked from too with Keith's death yeah, or the loss I think of a so. son? And obviously, my my father uh, died when he was age fifty, mm-hmm. and that puts some things in perspective too. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh yeah, because you started that when he turned fifty, right? Right, and then losing losing a son as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, my wife and I found something in common that we enjoyed doing. And although you do go through a process of grief when you lose someone, there's there's always the rebuilding as well. Mm-hmm. And we found something that we could do together. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Was, that was running, mm-hmm. uh, exercising. And uh, she's really been my running partner, running partner yeah. since then. And we still, to this day, whenever we go for runs, uh, the majority of the time we're together mm-hmm. uh, running side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there's times where maybe you had more miles or she had more miles or whatever the case is. And then I want to get into as well, like my parents are absolutely insane. You guys, I'm just going to say that because, so I went to a trip with you guys, um, when I don't even know why I ended up going on this trip by myself with my parents, (laughs) but I was in the middle of competition prep and I think I just wanted to go because I hadn't been in Colorado in for a long time. So um, they love to climb 14ers. They love to mountain bike, all the things. I love all those things too. But we went on this trip, just the three of us, to Colorado. And we climbed, um, you'll have to help me remember, Quandry. So no, we did Long's Peak first. But if you know anything about me, I'm petrified of heights. I'm not a heights person. Yeah, so we we did Long's Peak. We... uh... But we up, didn't go all the way up there. Up to the keyhole. The keyhole, yeah. On that trip. And it's just a, a beautiful, glorious area now. It did rain a little today. Well, hang on. Let's at. back up, though. We're climbing up there. And and I swear every person that I passed was like, you're not going up to the top now, are you? And I'm thinking, what on earth are these people getting me into? Yeah, so generally when you climb Long's Peak, it's... It's a good full day climb, and we, didn't, we started yeah. we started a little late, so uh, obviously we knew we were just walking up to the keyhole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't going to go to the. the and you can't just say day. just. It was like, how long did it take us to get up there? You know, it took us uh, four hours, probably, probably four hours up just to walk up four hours to the keyhole. Down. So it was it was uh, still a good day's. And then uh, we got poured on on the way back. Good day's journey still, but. It did rain pretty hard on the uh-huh. way down. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was amazing. So that was the first day. So we stayed in a camp. Like, we camped and stuff growing up, which I absolutely love. I'm, I'm big on the outdoors now. But we camped at the base 
Um, there's like a campsite there at Long's Peak. We camped at the base, climbed up that day, back down, and then we stayed in a hotel. And then, but did we do quandary the next day? I think we did quandary the day or the day after that. One of the days, days we did quandary up and back. That was super fun. And then another day we mountain biked from, I don't even know where we were. You'll have to explain that. We were in the Dillo, the Dillo, the, we were in the Dillon Frisco area. And uh, there's some nice bike trails there. One that goes over to Breckenridge. Yeah. And you can go around uh, Lake Dillon, bike mm-hmm. around Lake Dillon. And uh, that's that's kind of the, the same area we went through when we did our Continental Divide bicycle. Trail. And that was kind of our relaxing day as we biked like 40 or 50 miles in one day. Yeah, that was that was to relax, uh, knowing that we had to do quandary as well. Yeah, and it, the funny thing is, is like I was in competition prep, so I was not eating very many calories, and I was going in the like <laughs> I was having blood sugar issues, so I'm like eating all their banana chips, and then I remember we went into Breckenridge, and I'm eating my plastic bag of like cold green beans, cod, and avocado, and you guys are in this. Um, like pub eating your pizza and drinking your beer and I'm literally sitting next to a dog out front of this restaurant like this is my life right now yeah it was it was a good time uh, <laughs> you, you had to be a little more health conscious than we did oh my gosh I know a lot more about nutrition at this point too I would not have probably had to do that but it was the the best time um but that's just a little glimpse into how, you know, active of a lifestyle they've always led and how they, that was just the neatest thing that they were able to instill, I guess, in me. And that's just one thing that I want to bring is it's never too late to change your habits and to have those trickle down into your kids. Cause you never know, you know, the habits that you're going to instill in your kids just by them watching what you do. And they're going to eventually want to go along and they're going to want to do it. But I wanted to bring up that trip because you guys have not only done your marathon runnings, but the Continental Divide biking trip. Yeah, so we had a a crazy idea at one time that we were going to uh, bike the Continental Divide uh, from uh, Canada to Mexico. So uh, we, we didn't do it all. Whose wild idea was this? <laughs> no, some, some friends of ours uh, had the idea, and they kind of planned it all. But, so if you, again, this goes back, to, I'm going to have to link the Moms and Margaritas podcast because I explained the whole alien situation, the whole alien crew situation in that podcast. So it was their alien crew that came up with this idea. You'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, so we, we decided we were going to bike the, the Continental Divide Trail, and it really is along the Continental Divide. And you do like 26 crossings of the Continental Divide. So uh, we all decided we were going to buy mountain bikes, which we did. And we uh, drove up to Canada, the Canadian border, and started by in Montana. And we we, broke, we did break it up into seven different sessions. So Yeah, so like you did it like two or three weeks out of the summer each year, right? right? Each year we would do uh, maybe 10 days of biking. And uh, the entire stretch is about 2,600 miles. But obviously you're, you're biking in some of the most beautiful surroundings but, in the United States. But it was very... Um, 
dramatic weather at times too, right? It was. So we would go anywhere from uh, 90 degree weather, uh, high winds. We rode in hail, uh, tornado warning at one time. Uh, you'd get hailed on, uh, sleet. Uh, there was times that you would bike and you'd be so cold that your muscles would just tense oh up. It was, it, was, it was challenging, but uh, just a beautiful experience and a good way to stay in shape, obviously. Well, and I think that a lot of times these, these challenges get a bad rap because, and I think too that that just shows how rewarding things can be in life in general. We go just, you know, visually speaking in life, we go through mountains, we go through valleys, we have our highs, we have our lows, but on the other side is such a great reward that can't be replaced by material things. Like nobody can, can give you that in a gift box with a bow that you bike to the continental divide. Like you had to do that. You had to exert yourself and do it on your own. And everyone uh, deals with stressors in their lives. And I think, uh, by having an outlet like this, we can do something like this with great friends and uh, decide, hey, we're going to bike across the United States. It was just a, a great experience and a great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Once you're done, you, you, know, you, you feel that sense of accomplishment when you finish something like that. So I think, like, just honestly, what I want to, I guess, pinpoint is that you don't have to hang your hat on one thing you can make it something that you enjoy or even try different things because you might find that, oh my gosh, I actually enjoy biking. Or you might find, you know what? I gave running a shot. It's not my thing. I don't enjoy it. Try something else. Um, But I don't think that you have to hang your hat on one thing. And that's one thing that I really liked about what you guys do is you've done the marathon thing. You've done the biking thing. um, You do the hiking in Colorado. And then now... I, I love that you have um, found, like, you do a lot more fishing now. And I think that you traded, you know, you had kids at home. You, you didn't really have a lot of time for that. And I feel like once you became an empty nester, you were able to finally replace having all these fatherly duties with now what you finally want to be able to do. Yeah, I, I think it's important uh, to find things that you enjoy to do enjoy doing with your family, obviously, with your kids, with your mm-hmm. grandkids, but uh, I think you find hobbies that you enjoy doing yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mine is fishing, obviously. My wife will go fishing with me every now and then, but I've got other friends that love to fish too, so I I do open water fishing, I mm-hmm. do ice fishing, I probably enjoy ice fishing as much as I do open water fishing. but. But I think that goes back to finding a healthy mental outlet because we do have a lot of stress in life. We do have, um, you know, a lot of, um, I guess, demands of ourselves. And so having a healthy outlet that you can do that is for your own mental, I guess, escape or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, for me, it's cooking. I love to cook. I love to be creative in the kitchen. Not, a, And most people actually don't like to cook, but that's something that I love. Um, and so I'm trying to think back when you started really getting into fishing more. Like I said, I think it was literally when Jay kind of graduated and moved away. Yeah, I think I, you know, with uh, family still at home, uh, we most of our time was filled up with family things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, kids being busy doing things. I think once uh, uh, kids pretty much moved out of the house and 
we had to fill that up with doing something else mm-hmm. that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I, we talked about being the couch potato, and mm-hmm. uh, that's really not my lifestyle. Uh, right. My lifestyle is. I can't imagine to, you ever just sitting on the <laughs> just sitting on the couch not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> when when you think about retirement coming up. Uh, you don't want to be that person that's going to sit on the couch all day. You, yeah. You want to make sure you're you're busy and enjoy retirement, but you got to have hobbies and you got to have hobbies you like to do. And I, I think uh, that can also be involved with other people because I know you know my kids and my husband enjoy going with you, and then you also go hunting too. Yeah. So I think with uh, the guys because I know they I, like that. I found things uh, you know I enjoy doing things obviously with my wife. We're in empty nesters now, but. Uh, I can find things that, you know, my grandkids and son-in-law enjoy to do as well. So mm-hmm. we can go along uh, on trips doing that as well, making memories. Well, literally the minute you became empty, empty nesters and you didn't have your uh, the pugs, the poor little puggies, they are since gone. But now you filled up yourselves with two bulldogs. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> didn't take long. I think, uh, you know, my wife uh, teaching from home. Yeah. Oh yeah, the pandemic situation. Yeah, things during the pandemic, and she uh, wanted some companionship. Uh I was still working in the office, Uh so uh, the two pugs got replaced uh, by two bulldogs. (laughs) We have our bullies now. Oh my gosh! And these guys are like high maintenance. I have never met more high maintenance dogs. They have wrinkle cream next to their sink. Well, you got to take care of those wrinkles. Yeah, so we've talked about everything from mental health, being in law enforcement, to physical health with being active, to, you know, finding um, hobbies that you can enjoy with your family. I I just feel like you have been a very well-rounded, positive example of a father, of a professional, and um, of a husband. And I think that is also reflective on your kids. And yeah, is there anything else that you would like to leave with? Yeah, I think it's uh, it was always important for us to uh, you know instill some of our values into our kids, and I I feel that our kids are very successful in what they're doing today, and uh, hopefully uh, some of that came from my wife and I and the values that we've instilled and uh, the try try to be the the leaders in. Uh, steering them in the right direction and doing the the careers that they're doing and the success that they have had is uh, very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't fall far from the tree uh, as far as like wanting to, um, I guess, be a good example to my kids now too. All right, dad. Well, Hey, I appreciate you being on the podcast today and I know that a lot of people are going to get some value from this. I know that um, you have a lot to um, express, and I know it's a good opportunity. Um, anytime I can get the chief of police on here to do an interview, I know I'm lucky to be able to do that on my podcast. So thank you for being on today. Yep, it was great fun. If you like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this episode to your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.